Hello and welcome back to the official Scottish Rugby podcast once again. This week we'll be talking to Gav Scott, Director of Rugby Development on Scottish Rugby Schools Week. Over 600 schools, primary and secondary, involved in growing the game right across the country. A great initiative that was uh, super well supported. We'll also catch up with Rach and have a look at all the, the action last weekend, review the action last weekend and look ahead to the TikTok Women's Six Nations. Well, Rach, uh, back in camp for you. Uh, welcome along once again to everybody on the official Scottish Rugby podcast. We're going to look ahead to the, the women's TikTok Six Nations teeing off this weekend. First game, actually, of the yeah. whole thing, kicking off a damn health. Obviously, you taking on England, so we'll have a, a look at that uh, in, a, in a few moments or so. But looking back first, before we look ahead, obviously, the men's Six Nations culminated at the weekend. Disappointing um, result in Ireland. But we started really well. Now, the way we started looked erratic. It looked... Loose. I mean, it was. It was. But but it actually, looked. I actually think it suits us that. And it looked like it was the way that we were going to beat them. Like yeah. we, because we were playing a little bit less structured, we we're throwing the ball around a little bit more than than we maybe have done the rest of the championship. Ireland looked like they didn't quite know how to defend it. They'd obviously prepared for yeah. a certain picture, and what we were throwing out was slightly different. And particularly that kind of first quarter of the game, um, both teams needed points pretty, though. Both, eh? Yeah, needed- that was it. Both teams were quite loose I thought as well I thought Ireland similarly yeah. were quite loose um, there were, were a few unforced errors on both teams but that's kind of the consequence of trying to play that style of rugby um, And but yeah to, to have that kind of pressure but not get much points from it is always going to be going to be tough um, to then beat a team like Ireland who are so dominant for a full 80 minutes Do you think it's a, a sign of the, the success of that style that Ireland kind of fell into it as well you know mm-hmm. I think I think we forced them to play what suited us and we often hear that about other teams doing it to us in terms of you know not letting Scotland play but actually by taking what's perceived to be a risk is actually a safer thing to do a risk for me would be playing uh, predictably I suppose predictably how maybe the, the, the second half went through probably no much fault of our own probably more the fact that Ireland were better and controlled everything and that was a frustrating for me the frustration for me really was the game kind of turned out like the last three or four against Ireland had where mm-hmm. they just physically ground us down but that, that I thought although it looks untidy although it is high risk in terms of turnover and maybe balls not going to hand that first 20 was a, a blueprint that I think we should try and stick to as much as possible there will be criticism when you try and play like that and it doesn't go to plan and you do concede scores but I think it gives us a, a good opportunity especially against Ireland or South Africa if you're thinking head World Cup as well I, I, if we can, if we can be accurate as possible playing like that, I think it's a, it's the right thing to do. But Ireland were the better team, weren't they? You know, and, and the the end yeah. picked us up for that that bonus point try was was straight at the end, um, and we just lost control of the game. Really, couldn't get yeah. couldn't get territory, couldn't get possession in that second half. Yeah, and I think like for me, the breakdown really killed us at points as well. I think Ireland definitely won the battle of the breakdown, which you know we've seen in today's game how important yeah. that that battle is because as soon as you lose those penalties or get into a kind of yeah penalties series of losing those penalties um then you're just pinned in your own half and it, and it becomes so difficult because we've seen like what a weapon driving malls and and, yeah. and that kind of close in play is in, in that level of rugby so um as soon as you lose that battle you're you're kind of on to a losing day so i think Ireland definitely flipped the switch in terms of that aspect of the game and i think that did really change it up in the second half how um just on that how do you get out of that spiral if you're in it on the field and you're losing those i mean yeah there's a relationship with the referee it's important but what sometimes the desperation adds to the spiral you're in 
and you chase yeah. lost causes or you dive off your feet or you're how do you get out of that spiral sometimes where you are against it i mean I think, there'll be dull penalties there'll be dull penalties that can be eradicated absolutely yeah. but if you're in that you know consecutive penalty concession thing through your experiences are things you can do to get to stop the rot so the the breakdown side of things is difficult because once a referee sees a picture and they have a picture in their head and mm-hmm. like Ireland did at the weekend they were getting consistent penalties for for jackal turnovers for example and they weren't and the referee was not kind of I would say on our side in terms of how we were we were clearing that picture and I think they I think they got it right that from my point of view Scotland's speed to those breakdowns was poor because sometimes when you do play that kind of looser style of play you don't necessarily have your traditional pod set you know exactly who's going to be your clear so not necessarily the person you expect to carry is carrying so they haven't necessarily got the people there which is the consequence of that style of play so it's learning to play with intensity and with that kind of open free play um but also having that same speed to break down so for me the i think what scotland needed to do was kind of acknowledge the fact they were they were losing the referee from that point of view and, and not getting them on side with the pictures they were showing but recognizing if we are going to play that way we need to be quicker to anticipate it and have speed there I don't think they recognised it. It, it seemed mm. that it kind of just trolled on through the whole second half. And it, I think it just needs to be recognised on the pitch that we might need to chuck an extra number in there or we need to recognise that when so-and-so is going to get the ball in that channel, they're probably going to carry rather than pass, which they would usually do because that's a picture they've got today, whatever. Yeah. Like those conversations need to be happening um, when you're starting to lose that sequence of penalties and, and, and you're struggling. And you've just got to, to acknowledge we've got to be squeaky clean here. Um, as well because we need to get the referee back on side because as soon as you've lost them in that that situation it, it's a tough day yeah it's um that breakdown one as well it is hard because you do want to play that style of rugby and so maybe an acceptance of penalties being conceded is required so cut down on the dull ones cut down yeah. on the offside ones we are told to get back inside listen to the referee if he's saying right hands off step back just almost repeat that back to the ref so you're underlining you've heard it and you're almost trying to mm-hmm. get on the on that side and the other thing I'd say as well is I think the referees have been really hot on the secondary movement of the ball carrier yeah like stealing a yard or half a yard <coughs> or a centimeter or placing and I think like that that's that's probably stung a lot of teams not just us whereas when you do feel isolated a little bit if you've carried just that little bit further or you're you know a bit further further out so there's a bit more space you could almost remember do that secondary kind of movement that big bench press of the ball away for the jackler and mm-hmm. I think because referees have been hot on that we've, we've, it allows that, that jackal player in and some quality play for the opposition yeah. and, and we've benefited for that as well if you look at you know kind of Hamish and you know Darge certainly at the forefront yeah. of that other guys as well so it's a big part of the game the uh, disappointing result obviously um, and, and elements of performance is good but uh, it's a frustrating Six Nations, isn't it? Because if you look at it as a whole, the the Wales game for me was the 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 real frustration uh, in terms of not picking up that uh, that victory after the 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 good result against England. We all said the performance wasn't great against England, but the result was excellent. Um, bonus point away from home in Italy is good. I don't think, as we saw, nobody was going to beat France. Uh, they no. were exceptional against us. They were exceptional. They were yeah. they were good again. They, they were. I thought they were. Fractured a little bit, nervy, understandably on Saturday night, but still even just brilliant to watch and such intensity. Like deserve yeah. Grand Slam winners. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. I um I almost wanted Ireland to win it a little bit just so that 
it shook things up a little bit just because uh-huh. obviously France was who everyone expected and, and they've obviously been so dominant for this last wee while. But I like, you know, you watch France play and the biggest thing for me is their intensity and defence. Like mm-hmm. we've been watching some clips of them in camp this week in terms of just how quick they are to reload and get back in the line and their double efforts and stuff like that. Like that's not what you would necessarily associate with France of, of the past, but that's mm-hmm. really becoming what is kind of their their trademark in terms of their defense so their defense for me is incredible to watch it's so physical it's so fast it, it's it's incredible and and but you can't look past their attack like that's awesome, the, way, the way they're attacking like it's just it's so it's on the flip side of that it's so hard to defend it because they just have options everywhere they've got a good combination of like hard ball carriers ball players and then you've got Anton mm-hmm. Mont, who's just sensational isn't he he's just he can so, create something so out of nothing his ability to choose the right option almost every time is is unreal and and yeah it's 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 pretty cool to to get to watch it <laughs> i know that i genuinely thought like at that game at bt Maryfield, that the game is it was a thrill to see like in, in yeah. flesh he saw so much rugby we're so privileged to be a games yeah the playing games the but like sometimes you're like wow that that's that's what your craft should look like and yeah definitely elements that need to improve it as well but um, it's so, so good to watch. I would say as well, I was reading something this morning that was saying that um, the majority of tries are 38% of total tries in the Six Nations, and it was three times more than the second source of possession or the second way of scoring tries was tries scored within, I think it was one phase. So basically, most of the tries were scored from turnover, and that mm-hmm. aligns to what you're seeing in France with the top of the list for yeah. just the defence basically allowing them opportunities. So the defence being so good, stripping turnover, and within a phase or two phases, they've scored because they've got those quality players making decisions but also your well your defence is in the wrong position because you've you've just yeah, initially been turned over in. so it's yeah. uh, so gone are the days where it used to be I'll get to 10 phases or 9 phases and yeah. you're weird in the opposition the complete opposite's happening now so the more number of phases you go through certainly in the, in the men's six nations the higher number of phases you go the less chance there is to score so yeah. striking you know getting your defence right and striking from turnovers key so yeah. um no, it's, it's 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 interesting, but definitely top top team France, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. The uh, the other result was disappointing for us. It was an under twenty result uh, in Ireland on Sunday, wasn't it? I know it's always been uh, certainly through my career, growing up in the age group, the Irish teams were always really strong. <coughs> Same again. It was just a, a step too far for our under twenties. Who I thought dug in really well through you know the whole championship, but but the just broke effectively against a top team who, who won the Grand Slam themselves, the Irish under 20. So a disappointing uh, series of results for them. Yeah, it, it is disappointing. But I think we we talked about it at the start of their, or at the kind of pre to their tournament in terms of they are a really young squad. It was mm-hmm. always going to be uh, a big ask. They're not an experienced squad. Um, and like you say, Ireland have been phenomenal all tournament in the under 20s um, competition. So it was it was a big ask. Um, I think they peaked a little bit in, in that first week we saw them play against mm-hmm. England and play some really nice rugby. and, and really, Four tries as well, bonus yeah, points for four and, tries. And really front up that week, but what I think you're seeing is an, a team who's not maybe had enough rugby. Um, yeah, you know, that's, or exposure that's that. to that level of rugby. Exactly, so you know, you, the Six Nations is brutal, like it's mm. absolutely brutal and if you've not got a big squad with lots of depth that you can use rotations and stuff like that, then it's it is brutal and, and if you're not used to being exposed to that high, like some of those a lot of the players in that that um England under 20 team are associated with premiership clubs like yeah. they are training and playing at a very very high level week in week out so if you flip that on its head and 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 kind of 
see the exposure that maybe some of our boys have had to actual that intensity game wise and obviously a lot of them are playing at a, uh, training at a high level that mm-hmm. that is going to take its toll as the tournament rolls on um but i think you know in terms of the experience they've had across five games against five top opposition it will stand them in st- good stead going forward but it's always going to be tough with a pretty new and and an experienced team and and like i say they showed real promise in that 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 first game and in parts of of other games as well so they've definitely got a foundation to build from um and i'm sure they'll kick on now yeah there's a there's a raw hardness and there's a raw desire that was clear in every every game so that's your base that's your that's your non-negotiable base that you need to work from we just need to improve the condition perhaps or, or some of the players and, and just just get more exposure to, to that type of game the irish team to me looked like a team who knew when to make the right decision mm-hmm. and and how to play the game and it looked cohesive um so disappointing but as i know there's a well, the super six sprint series starts in not too distant future so hopefully a lot of these players will get exposure in that and um and, and you know build for for the work that they've got in the summer you mentioned six nations and brutal <laughs> you're just going into it oh, in camp at the moment and build up to, to the opening game Massive challenge. We spoke already. Spoke to Sarah Bonner last week as well, who was great just about the, the 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 women's Six Nations. But the I think you and I have had the conversation about your opening game on Saturday. The performance is key, isn't it? You know, a reset after the the World Cup qualifications. You know, bringing things back into the here and now in terms of the the, the takes up women's Six Nations. The performance is is key this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, no touched on the brutal thing I um I joked the other day I was we were in the gym on uh on it would have been Monday and uh I felt great I was throwing weights around I felt fantastic and I was like this will be the first and last time I feel, uh, no. I feel good in the gym for the next six weeks because yeah as soon as it gets started your your body takes a bit of a battering and it's it's just about recovering in between and, and getting the most out of training as best you can so yeah it's brutal but it's so much fun like it's an opportunity to play to play five of the best teams in the world um, week on week. So um, it's so exciting. But first up, England is a huge challenge. Like we're not shying away from the challenge, but we very much are accepting that challenge as well. Um, I think in previous years, we we often kind of get a little bit phased by teams like England, just mm-hmm. with, you know, the calibre of players they have. is Which is understandable, yeah, with like, the quality they have, yeah. They, they probably have about three 15s that they could roll out on, on Saturday and, and compete well. You know, they're, they're an incredible outfit and they have so much depth and individual quality. But we are we are building our depth. We are building our quality and we're building our match exposure as well. So um, we're probably in the best position we could be going into this game and we take a huge amount of confidence from that. So and, and like I've said it all week in press, but like, as an athlete, you want to be challenged. You don't want to just go and have comfortable results or have comfortable games. You want to be challenged. And the only way we are going to keep pushing to be better is, is to challenge ourselves. And there's no better way to do that than against the best team in the world. So, you know, our focus is very much on, on us to an extent in terms of performing the best we can, but also is there ways which we can try and stop them? Is there ways that we can pick out that, you know, what what are the kind of trends in previous um, games they've played in the autumn? They played a lot of games in the autumn, so we've got quite a lot of footage to work from, but around what worked for teams that, that did manage to stop them. Um, so it's quite exciting. I like it. I like the challenge of playing someone who is so dominant um, mm. and just kind of looking at aspects of their game and analysing those aspects to see, yeah, they almost look perfect, but where that- is those little weaknesses and, and where can we target them? So it's exciting. I'm really excited. Yeah, that's the challenge, isn't it? It's, it's it's finding those weaknesses and then 
chipping away and then that becomes a real strength because if if you attack sometimes their attack and you find yeah. a weakness and you go it can really erode their confidence they're a quality side you'll know a lot yeah. of the players obviously you play alongside yeah, a lot of the them. players um <laughs> but the damn health is a factor as well isn't it i mean the 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 experience of playing there before and it, it, it should be an exciting it's a kick off 12 o'clock kickoff isn't it it's like being back yeah, at school early doors, early, yeah. early doors eh? what time what time's, I, it, what time's your pre-match meal for a 12 o'clock kickoff then oh what do you get fed about three usually but uh i'm joking <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't actually looked that far ahead. It could, it could be, be a, it, it could be boiled chicken pasta at 8 a.m. Yeah, no, no I'm forcing it down. <laughs> I usually always am forcing it down on game day, regardless of the time. <laughs> to be fair, so, um, but no, it's an early start, which is different because we've had most of our games last wee while at kind of evening or, or yeah. early afternoon, uh, late afternoon. Sorry. Um, so yeah, it, it's a bit different. Damn health, weather looks good. So mm. we'll see what happens. That's good, and this is a. Uh, well, not give secrets away, but this is Wednesday, so a bit of time off today. Yeah. Uh, and what does the rest of the, the week look like? Will you have a big uh, session on Thursday, or will we uh, we'll try, we'll, yeah? So we yesterday was our big day, so we did um, attack and scrums yesterday morning, and then um, defence kind of fugu and uh, lineouts yesterday afternoon. So yesterday was pretty big, so we get to stay off, which is nice. Um, and then tomorrow we'll, we'll train relatively hard tomorrow. Um, I think mainly around just clarity of, of bits and bobs and, and pictures we'll see and stuff like that. And then we'll do a bit of gym in the afternoon, which will just be largely around kind of power, getting quick, yeah. fast movements and stuff like that. Um, and then Friday we'll do captain's run and that'll be us. Feet up, Good. chill out. Um, and then, yeah, early start Saturday, so quick turnaround. Good stuff, good stuff. And it's BBC Two, isn't it? Uh, BBC Two, 12 o'clock. We mentioned the damn health stadium and the... I suppose the the success of the support behind it and the noise and the atmosphere, the weather's looking good for for Saturday. It is an early kickoff at 12, uh, 12 o'clock lunchtime, but um, it'd be so important to get a big crowd behind you cheering you on against the old enemy, wouldn't it? Oh no! Like we would absolutely love any support that that the Scottish rugby community can can bring us at the weekend. We we had a brilliant experience playing at the Dam Hill um, in November against Japan, um, and I think tickets are 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 selling pretty quick at the minute. I think. My manager said it's the fastest selling women's game so far. So so it's doing well so far, but we want... Um, we want more. We want more. Yeah, we always want more. So yeah, I think tickets are still available at scottishrugby.org. Um, and like I say, myself and, and the team would absolutely love any support that, that anyone can give us. So, so get along if you can. And just before we, we round up, Rach, uh, it was a... First of the 1872 Cup legs. Uh, on, when was it? it? Was Friday last week, wasn't it? I know. I'm trying to uh, at Scotson. Yeah, thinking back, it's just so much rugby. Um, did you see the games? That, that <laughs> I Glasgow did indeed. Yeah. Did you see it? Yes. What was uh, what was your? I, I think Glasgow and, and probably deserved the win. That they, they played more like themselves. Edinburgh came really well into the game and started the second half and looked dominant. But that Josh Mackay try from the turnover that was it. That was the the defining moment for me. Who uh, it was Seb Kinsellieri who stripped the ball or the ball popped out and, yeah. and took off and Josh McKay it was uh, there wasn't a lot in it but that was a, that was a crucial moment for me I think and, and, and Glasgow went on to manage the rest of the game but uh, you think Glasgow fair for their win? Yeah definitely I mean I'm slightly biased if I'm, if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest um, but no nah, like I, I did I genuinely did think um, Glasgow played the better rugby it was a good game of rugby to watch mm-hmm. Um and yeah, no, it was it was good, good for eighteen seventy two to be back. It's always it's always an interesting one. Um, but yeah, no, I think Glasgow very much deserved their their win at the weekend. 
yeah, there wasn't a lot in it. And I thought, you know, Glasgow did a lot, a lot right. Edinburgh, I think we'll be disappointed because they, they didn't quite play how they've been playing. But no, some of yeah, that will be agree. down to some of that will be down to Glasgow's defence. A lot of it down to Glasgow's defence. Um, but you could see where the where the you know the threat that Edinburgh do pose. Um, Edinburgh, I've got a tough trip there. They're in South Africa already. They play, I think it's a shark this weekend. The Lions yeah. next weekend. It's so a two away games, big challenge. Uh, but as we said before, a wonderful opportunity as well. And Mike said that in his post match interview that it's um, it's going to be good. Some of the the national team players returning straight to yeah. to South Africa on the uh, well past Monday. So. Um, important for the, the team to try and pick someone up away from home, but it won't be easy down there. Will it? It'll be tough out there for them, and but if they great play some, that yeah, it's a great opportunity. And I think, like you say, they, they kind of strayed away from probably the the brand of rugby we've become quite accustomed to seeing them play this season. Uh, so I think you know it's just an opportunity for them to get back on track in terms of how they want to attack, and and yeah, hopefully see them go out and put two in, two good performances. I think well, we're assuming it's going to be warm and dry and. and firm grounds as it often is in Africa but I think that actually suits Edinburgh I think yeah. it, I, I think it, I think they'll thrive in that uh, yeah. yeah the physical the physicality the intensity but I think they'll be probably fitter than South African yeah. opposition and I don't think many teams now again right back to what we're saying at the start I don't think many teams will take the Southern Hemisphere teams on like that away from no. home I, I think most the South African games will be they'll, they'll be in control of the tempo as the home team but I think Edinburgh might should uh, cause a bit of problem because they will play quite similarly and, and hopefully have a bit of fitness. Glasgow, they, uh, they're in a good run. Um, they won five in a row, lost at a disappointing one at Scarlet's, but then obviously picked up the 1872 Cup win against Edinburgh. So, um, so that's at six wins at last seven, sitting third on the table. They travel to Cardiff, who have struggled in the last two or three weeks, Cardiff mm-hmm. away from home. But the last uh, game they played at home, they, they beat Leinster, the, yeah. the tabletop in Leinster. So, uh, again, one or two players, I think, are squad members back for Glasgow. So that's a really important fixture for Glasgow to back up last weekend's win away from home in Cardiff after the previous trip to, to Wales being the Scarlet. But um, yeah, I, I think Glasgow look as if they they understand how they're playing and how they need to play to win. So it'd be good to pick up a, a victory down in Cardiff, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I think they, they've kind of built a lot of depth as well over the last couple of games. Yeah. You've seen lots of players stepping up and, and taking on key roles like so of even Jamie Dobby, who I know appreciate mm. has now actually got a lot of experience behind him, but still a very young player, but standing out in that um, 1872 game at the weekend. So, um, like I say, sometimes these these international periods where where players are away are a perfect opportunity for building depth in your squad. And I'd say Glasgow have actually done that really well. So um, to, to bolster that with their internationals coming back in, I think they're in a really good place. Yeah, good luck to both teams, obviously, this weekend. Uh, Good luck to, to you once again, Rach, yep, and all the squad you. on Saturday. Look forward to that. Um, and we'll uh well we'll we'll talk about it next week. We'll catch yep, up then. See you soon. Well, it's a big welcome back to Gav Scott, uh, Scottish rugby's director of rugby development. Gav, you've been on uh a few times in the podcast uh, recently, but this is a, a special week in uh in Scottish rugby. It's Scottish Rugby Schools Week, supported by Saltire Energy, and there's some uh some big developments in terms of rugby in school right across the, the country, isn't there? There's over 600 schools signed up for Scottish Rugby Schools Week. So I, I guess the obvious question is, what, what is uh, what is Scottish Rugby Schools Week? Um, it's, it's really a great opportunity for schools to engage in rugby who maybe haven't engaged for a while. They might have done it at some point in the past, but um, they might not have done much for a while. And particularly for, for teachers who maybe want resources and things to help them with um 
with uh, with engaging with a sport that wants to engage with schools and, and provide positive destinations and things for kids to do, but also ways in which we can we can get um, our own sport into schools and and more formally work with work with schools who are up for it. So it's a it's a great initiative. It's um, it's something we're sort of building up as we get through the pandemic or come out the other side of the pandemic. We had a, a schools week, as, as you know, in September, which was um, which was well attended and was really the early stages of schools properly being back in business and having all the pupils back. And that was difficult for everyone, but we still got 300 schools to sign up. And then this time with the school estates being open a bit more and, and a bit more able to take in people that aren't just teachers and pupils, yeah, there's there's been a huge demand. So um, 600 schools involved was a surprise to us that we weren't um, mm. thinking we'd get that many, but it, it's been great. And it means that all the regions have been really, really busy this week, making sure teachers have resources and, and trying finding uh, ways to, to give it some sort of legacy where we can build on it with 68 week programmes for, for kids at different age groups. Yeah, that was the September one, was that all online or did you manage to do some really as as everyone will remember if they can remember back <laughs> like at that point different local authorities had different rules different yeah. schools and head teachers had different rules so we had we had, had um a variable amount of delivery across the country just based on what local authorities were, were able to do at the time so this one's much more in person um or certainly almost all is able to be in person we don't need to do so much webinars we've learned from the last one so we've done a lot of a lot of the kind of um, web delivery content in the last couple of weeks to help teachers so they're ready to go. Um, and then this week's been about getting out and about and uh, and getting there to to do some stuff with teachers. I was at a great event yesterday with Glenn Rothis watching um, Scott Riddell coaching a load of teachers, most of them primary teachers, about how, you know, little things that you can do that you and I have forgotten a long time ago about how you got introduced to rugby ball and things yeah. that you can do in order to pass and the difficulties of passing backwards not an easy thing to do when you're when you're when you're running forwards and when yeah. you're running forwards and passing back it's, it's an alien concept really but it's the it's the the essence of the game but the the installment in last year in September I said there was over sixteen thousand pupils involved and that was from two hundred eighty seven schools I'm just reading here that as you say over six hundred six hundred twenty three state schools both primary and secondary have signed up to participate this week so I mean if it's a double amount of schools you're you're looking at upwards of maybe 30,000 pupils or more than that being exposed to rugby either for the first time or the first time in a wee while. So, I mean, that can only be a, a great building block, as you say, as, as this programme develops um, throughout the years and ahead, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is that, that entry point as well. So we need mm -hmm. to work really hard from here to make sure we've got the resources, we've got the, we work hard with schools about timing and timetables and how we can, integrate how we can integrate with uh, with the um with the p curriculum for instance if we're able to do that in senior schools and, and how rugby can provide some of the learning outcomes that that schools require now um and yeah so it's a it's a great starting point um it allows us to develop resources and work with schools and and understand their needs um and then and then also try and then link in clubs like it's a massive part of this is not just the, the, the sport of rugby in a school, but also where does a club play a part in that? And, and again, that's really heavily re regionally um, focused as well. Like some clubs have really great relationships with schools um, and it really blurs the line between a club and a school in terms of playing and, and training. Other schools um, 
it's exclusively at a school and there's and there's all sorts in between so we're working really hard to make sure that the destinations are there so that when kids do leave school they've got positive destinations to go in terms of rugby clubs and and continue to enjoy the sport we all love and, and i'd imagine your staff would all be flexible to what's right for each region uh for each town and things have changed massively since since we came through and there was clear distinction certainly for me at gala between you know, a high school gal academy, or whether it was a gal red triangle, or under 14, 16s, or gal wonders under 18s. But, but if you've got fewer players perhaps playing at the moment, or fewer coaches, or fewer staff, it's important to work together. So, I suppose you will be flexible. I assume the the regions will be flexible to find what's right for for each individual area. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's the reason that we've we've regionalised is that our regions are quite different from each other. We all know. Um, all the bits of Scotland are a little bit different, whether it be geography or uh, or, or the people there. Like it's something that I think we we know and Traditions. we celebrate that it's it's great to have our regional differences. But that means we have to be able to react regionally as well and uh, and work really hard to support the club. Um, often the development officer. There's been huge amounts of work gone in by development officers to make this this week happen as well and to work with schools. So, um, um for those people as well, it's really important that we're out there and. And we're able to support with with whatever resources we can. Yeah, on that, like as you say, such a big operation logistically. How how hard is it? Because you are going to be you, know, you see working alongside schools, alongside development officers, getting collateral, getting information. It's easier some ways because there'll be more online, um, and, and you've already kind of laid that platform where I assume a lot of content and stuff online. But logistically, how how big an undertaking is it? Um, I think it's a huge undertaking, but that's that's why you plan these things, you know, and you take time, you learn from the first one, and <laughs> and it's uh, I I can easily say that because it was it was the it was the people in the in my uh, department that did it rather than myself. So um, everyone does their own little bit, and the schools um, play a great part in it as well. Like one of the, the the great things with this week is we've found so many schools have been able to open their doors and want they want content you know they yeah. want someone to come in and support them and and they want to take up the sport but they, they like seeing either someone from Scottish Rugby or someone from a local club coming in with a bag of balls of cones an organized plan and something they can leave the school with so they can pick up and then um, and then take forward and then they're always at the end of a phone or to come back in to to help them um, take the school to the next stage when they're able to do that. That, that is sometimes a stumbling block, isn't it? When the, there might be the desire or the want to to deliver a session, to get involved in rugby, but just maybe not knowing what to do. You know, so so these kind of online resources and the, the, the resource packs and even just the, the sessions that perhaps development officers can take, that, that first hurdle is often quite a difficult one, just to, what do you actually do? I want to get involved in rugby. I want to coach rugby. I want rugby to be in our school, but... How do I get it started? So it's um it's it is massive importance. Great to see so many numbers. In the uh, in the release, you said it's a vision to see all schools in Scotland uh, able to enjoy deliver uh, able to enjoy delivering safe and fun rugby session as a key part of the curriculum. Um where where does this sit in the kind of grand the grander scheme of Scottish rugby in terms of obviously it's schools focused, but is there a an aim, a long-term aim to get more people playing? rugby at all levels perhaps is the phrase that we often hear about broadening the base in order to to help all levels of the game and ultimately the national level of the game do you see this as a a building block or a, a step towards that yeah yeah absolutely i mean I've, I've inherited schools week as something as a commitment to something we wanted to do 
pre-pandemic that never never quite got off the ground. So it's been great to get that started. That's really going to be our our entry level um, delivery point for schools and a, and a way of engaging with schools to get things started and and increase that level of maybe primary into secondary and S1 to S3 in schools where that there maybe hasn't been that much delivery. But we also need to roll out a, a state school um, strategy, if you like, that we're working on this um, right now, really. It's in progress and we'll be working on over the course of the summer. So we, we can then join that other to other bits of good work that have started, like the conference system that you know you've been involved in that was yeah. um, designed about four or five years ago. Um, is slowly growing and we need to support that as well. And that's that's with schools who are established in playing rugby and maybe have a team at the, the five age groups at um, senior school level. So we need to make that more competitive and, and deliver higher standards there and then join that to Schools Week. And how do we get a club, say, or a school rather, that, um, that joins School Week one year? They're enthusiastic. They have an enthusiastic PE department, maybe a head teacher, and a good club and they work together how do they progress um over the over a number of years because it does take that yeah. long to develop these teams and, and the cultures mm. how do they progress through that in a way that we can support them and then and then get into conferences or maybe get in through festivals to begin with and wednesday evening matches that kind of thing but we we need to show that pathway so we can uh, help support schools so they're able to grow it's so important and the conference structure that's in place at the moment or has been in place in four or five years it's also good to hear that, that evolves like we always hear the game evolves every year year on year and quite often that's just looking at the professional game or the international game on the tv and you see how much it changes but that 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 kind of rate of change applies to all levels doesn't it so you know the conference structure i think was a, was a really positive thing that came in but it's as you're saying there that's going to evolve as well and link into the schools week so um, what kind of changes or, or what, how will, will that structure evolve, the conference structure evolve over the next few weeks and months? Again, it's something that's live. It's a good live conversation. Is that what you're working on now? At the moment as well, yes. There's yeah. a, a questionnaire out. I think it's just about to close um, that, um, that school pupils and youth sections are and oh, teachers are answering at the moment. So pupils get you... to answer that as well as coaches? Yeah, so, well, players. Oh, yeah, players. Well, yeah, um, yeah. About um, how they engage in in their rugby, and it is like we we understand that worldwide there is now a huge amount of competition for youngsters' time. Yeah. Um. And um, we want to make sure first and foremost that they're taking part in physical activity, and for us that's through rugby. Um. And there's so many good outcomes that that can result of as um by doing that. So we we just need to continue to find ways of um manipulating the season structure, getting them, you know, getting things set up so that um, kids and volunteers and parents and school teachers can really easily engage with our sport and um, and find um, all the great kind of journeys that people like us were able to go on because of it. And regardless where you go in your sport, we want you to be able to enjoy it, enjoy the physical activity, the mental health kind of wellness aspects of it, and just being part of a group of like-minded people who are enjoying running about with a ball. Uh, and um, another former Scottish captain or famous Scottish captain, uh, I believe, got in touch and, and wanted to be involved, and wanted to be part of this. Andy Nicholl, uh, who was going to join us today, actually, but is busy, no doubt. Um, but he was he was somebody that, that came to you and said, "Listen, I, you know, through his experiences at, at school rugby, was keen to get involved. What's uh, what's how, what's Andy's role in uh, in the program?" I know that he's taking he's taking part in a 
session we've got up on Thursday up in Dundee, so I'll be meeting him up there, which is purely by chance that I don't know the last time I would have met Andy in Dundee, but it was probably 20 odd years ago, possibly longer. Less than that, Gav, less than that. Less than that, but I'm sure. So he'll have you roped in and you, you better take your boots, eh? I'm sure I will. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what we're doing, but yeah, as long as as long as there's a proper warm up, then it'll be all right. <laughs> but it's great again that you know former Scottish captains want to be involved in that. I say I've got really fond memories of my experiences in school rugby, primary school. It's quite funny. I um, way back when you're on about season structure. When I was a a primary school rugby player, we had one competition. We trained every Saturday morning for a a school year for one competition. Um, so it was a. Uh, it was pretty high tension. If you went out in the first round at the, the seven-a-side tournament, that was you. You trained all year for it. But really strong, vivid memories. Getting changed at the school. Moulded studs didn't exist back then, so you had to put your metal studs on at the school. Walked to Netherdale, which was about a 15-minute walk. Got to Netherdale, no studs left, but that didn't matter because it was only your game of the season. But these things, are strong memories, I guess, if you ask any of the guys involved in the, like in the, the international now, they'll have really good memories of of schools rugby as well and uh, it'd be good to get a couple of them on actually but you'll have good memories as well so it's it's really important to get you know started young get introduced to it get the physical and the behavioral you know aspects of it yeah i i think so both and both in the male and female game let's yeah. not forget like everyone almost everyone started at, at school or at youth section in a club and that's where you've got your your most vivid, your strongest memories is, yeah. of the game, I think, for everybody. And it's important that we we nourish that, we look after that. And, and as you'll be discovering yourself just now, um, like the really important thing that, that I've had to come to terms with as well is that when I grew up doing that, there was there was amazing volunteers yeah. who delivered that game and who were there, whether it be every Saturday or a Wednesday or a Monday and, and made sure strips were there or there was the infrastructure of pitches or whatever else that... As a kid, you've just got no idea. You just turn yeah. up to what your pals are doing or what's what's interesting at the time or you've heard about. So um that that's the biggest thing for me is which you'll hear as as long as I'm here, I'll I'll go on about it forever, is that we need to have something that's really appealing to volunteers and that we can support our, our volunteers through, um, as well as school teachers as well. But because um in order to make the game vibrant, like they're the first people you need is the people who who pump up the balls and mm -hmm. open the changing rooms or or make sure the pitch is ready. So, um, yeah, that's and I, yeah, and I have the same memories you do, Chris, of um, the sort of smell of deep heat and all that kind of thing. And and, uh, and and what I would say is crumbling old changing rooms, but I think they're probably still the same as they were when I was there. From still standing, Gav, still standing. That's because it's not that long ago. I, I think one of the most glamorous jobs, or the most respected, appreciated job, was whoever had to get the oranges and cut them into quarters. Uh, I think we'll see that again. Get the 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 quarter of the orange at half time. That was worth playing for. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen. I've been in a couple of uh, old old persons or third fifteen games where that, that still happens. It so. still happens. I think it's to bring back the three the three of orange quarters at half time. It was worth playing for alone. Listen, great, um, great to have you on. Thanks for giving us time. I know it's a busy week. You're back out and about later on in the week. You've been out already. Um, as all your staff just delivering this uh, this Scottish Rugby Schools Week, really such an important aspect of the, of the whole overarching structure. So great to see so many numbers, such a big improvement of double the amount of schools since September. And just wish you well and um, hope that that growth continues. Well, thanks for listening once again. Good luck to everybody involved all over the country this weekend, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Mm -hmm.